I'm Adam Underation, and this is a Cup of Common Sense podcast. On today's episode, I'll be talking about the current events in the Middle East, how Joe Biden is responding to those events, and how might a Trump presidency respond to those events in the future. I'll also talk about the current immigration crisis, how we got here, and what does the future politics look like when it comes to this. Before I start, I want to say my heart is with the families of the loved ones lost. It's a sad tragedy that could have been prevented. On Sunday morning, there was an attack on U.S. forces in Jordan. The attack took place at Tower 22, a small base near the border with Syria. The U.S. forces in the region provide an assist and advise role with Jordan in the region. The attack struck the living quarters at the base, according to U.S. officials. Three U.S. soldiers perished, and about 30-plus individuals were injured in the attack. Biden was briefed on the attack Sunday morning in South Carolina, where he was campaigning for re-election according to the White House. Defense Secretary, National Security Advisor, and Deputy National Security Advisor provided Biden with an intel briefing. The deaths are the first in the Middle East since the start of the war in Gaza. President Joe Biden has said, those responsible will be held accountable, quotation, at the time and manner of our choosing, end quote. It's also important to note that there have been a dozen injuries since the recent attacks on U.S. and coalition forces in Iraq and Syria. According to U.S. officials, there have been roughly 70 attacks on U.S. forces in the region in the past week alone. So now the question is, what is the U.S. going to do? What is the response going to be to the deaths of these three soldiers? Unfortunately, the U.S. doesn't have a good track record currently of keeping deterrence in the region. In my own views, the choice is simple. Strike hard, strike fast, be ruthless. The U.S. military needs to follow the escalation chain. We need to be able to deter these strikes from happening ever again in the region on U.S. forces. I do not think it's a good idea to strike Iran directly, but I do believe that we can strike arms depots, leadership, and other sites to make sure that Iran and Iran proxy forces get the message across that the U.S. is not to be messed with. There is fear that any escalation could lead to a broadening war in the region. That very reason is why I do not think Iran will escalate this further if we come in with a very strong response. So what happens now? Joe Biden will receive a package of different strikes that he can take in order to retaliate against these proxy forces. Then, over the next 24 to 48 hours, I believe we will see strikes against these targets in the region. So what would Trump do in this situation if he were currently sitting as president? Trump has a history of rhetoric against U.S. enemies, including Iran. I do believe that Trump as president serves as a deterrent compared to Biden. If you look at Trump's history, we can kind of gauge on how he would respond. I do believe that Trump would have a greater response, a bigger response, to these attacks than Biden will. It is also worth to note that Biden is currently in election season, and his response might be greater than what I am currently thinking. If I were sitting U.S. president, I would target at least 40 different sites across Syria and Iraq, leaving nothing behind. No country should feel emboldened to attack U.S. troops anywhere at any time. There is also another issue in the Middle East that is currently affecting the U.S. and other countries in the world. In Yemen, there is a group called the Houthis, backed by Iran, that is currently targeting U.S. vessels and U.S. warships with missiles and drones. Most recently, they just hit an oil tanker, catching it on fire, but not injuring any of the crew aboard, luckily. Earlier in the month, 
the U.S. gave a warning to the Houthi rebels saying that if you keep on attacking the U.S. ships and U.S. Navy ships, that we will respond with force. After we gave this warning, they decided to launch a barrage of missiles toward the U.S. naval ship. In response to the attack, we struck about 70 targets in Yemen, taking out about 25% of their armed supply. Since then, they have still launched missiles and drones towards U.S. vessels and merchant ships in the region. In response, we have struck some more missile sites in Yemen. This shows we are failing at the escalation chain. We are failing at deterring Iran proxy forces and attacking U.S. ships in the region. If these attacks keep on happening, I do believe that we should wipe out the Houthi rebels in Yemen, take their stocks from 75% down to zero, smack them in the mouth, and tell them that they can no longer attack U.S. ships or U.S. vessels or any vessel in the world for that matter. This just goes to show that Iran is the destabilizer in the region. We need to stop giving them money, we need to sanction them, and we need to make sure that whatever they do has consequences for the region. Now let's talk about the immigration crisis at the southern border. There has been a record number of undocumented immigrants that have crossed in the past few months alone. In December of last year, there was over 300,000 people who have crossed over. That is roughly the half of the population of Cincinnati, Ohio. While there are families coming over here looking for a better life, there is also military-age men coming over here that could cause problems. Like, let's say, if they're acting as agents for a foreign national, waiting for the right time to attack the United States. It is worth to note that there were around 50 people in the last year alone that were on the United States terror list that were caught and apprehended at the border. Now, imagine of the people who crossed that were on that list but did get caught. That raises a lot of questions about who's coming over here. So let's talk some numbers. Last year, in fiscal year 23, 2.4 million illegal immigrants were encountered at the border, setting a record that was only set in 2022. Also, there's also probably about 750 to a million people that crossed the border that were not encountered that also crossed over. So you're looking over around 3 million people that crossed the border in last year alone that were illegal immigrants that did not use the system properly to gain access to the United States. So what are we doing to try to slow down the flow of people coming over? Unfortunately, not very much. Texas recently started adding barbed wire to the border to discourage people from crossing. Now, that was challenged by the Biden administration, and the Supreme Court ruled that it must be taken down. Now, this has set up a showdown between the Texas governor and the Biden administration. The Texas governor has said that he will not take the barbed wire down. Now, the Biden administration had very few options here. They could take over the National Guard in the state, or at least try to. But there are some other issues. Around 25 other states have said they would back Texas in their fight against the immigration crisis, with some even saying that they would send their own National Guard to help. This raises a lot of issues for Biden. It is also worth to note that there is talks ongoing to add an immigration regulation to this current spending bill. This would include money for more agents to process people coming over. It would not include any more money to build a border wall. Also, in the bill, it is said that if the flow of people crossing over crosses the 3,000 per day threshold, that Biden could shut down the border. This would still allow for around 90,000 immigrants to cross per month. Now that the Biden administration is in re-election season, it is to wonder if this is a ploy 
just to not look weak. Trump has been in talk with Republicans to vote no on the bill. He thinks Biden is doing this just to get votes for the re-election. It's unfortunate that people who want to come over legally have to wait years, but 2.4 million people can just walk across scotch-free with no repercussion and most likely will enjoy the fruits of the taxpayer dollars. The more people break the system, the more likely you are to get people who want them deported and have a stronger backing for a border wall. This problem won't be solved overnight. The longer you have this issue, the people who are forced to deal with the aftermath will look for a different answer. If you look at Europe, when they had the immigration crisis in 2014, they are now voting for hardline right-wing party members. It also puts a strain on the economy. Poland did not take any immigrants and now has the best performing GDP out of the European Union. If you dislike Trump's border wall, just imagine what the next person might think of to deter crossings. The US is in a tough spot. There are no easy answers. Hopefully common sense will come to people's minds and we can get solutions that so many of us want. I think adding a border wall and updating the process for people coming over here legally is the right answer. We can't let the people who want to come over here and seek refuge the legal way be punished over the people who come over here scot-free, unchecked, and get a free pass. We also must up the ante on deporting people and letting them know that they must do it the right way so that the people who come over here legally aren't punished. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Join me on Sundays for new episodes. If you like this episode, please like and share. Thank you.